Welcome to The Messy Empire with Karen Prawl, where we prove to you that success is all about embracing the chaos and charging into the unknown. Hey, AJ Guzman, editor for The Messy Empire. Today we focus on a topic of your strengths and really focusing on your strengths to build them instead of focusing on your weaknesses. The way we see it is if you focus on your weakness, at the very best you can become well-rounded. But if you focus on your strengths, you can really become an expert in your field and become the known person for your strengths. While you listen to this, sort of think of which of your strengths you should be doubling down on and which of your weaknesses you should fire yourself from. So for a lot of different people, it can be a lot of different weaknesses. Try to think of what things stand out to you and what you need to fire yourself from. Okay, so how many years do you have left on this earth? Round two, get the question right. <laughs> Pressure's on. Hopefully like 80. Okay. So what if we could focus on those 80 years on all the good things we just did? That'd be awesome. Okay. Yeah. It's that simple. It's that simple. <laughs> All right, so so let, let me ask you this again, and there are so there are experts at pretty much everything. There's someone who's an expert at something for just about every something. Of course. Right? Pretty much what I'm saying is like of all the things that you could be good at, you can only really choose to be good at a few things. Yes. But there's always gonna be a million other things that you're not good at. Yes. And because of that, you're constantly going to be bumping up against those things that you're not good at. Yes. And you've got to keep your blinders on. Yeah. Well, it, it's tough to keep your blinders on because it's also really easy to feel bad about not being good at those things. Yes. And focusing and putting your head down, down and staying in your, in your world of what you're good at mm -hmm. is a much more joyful way to live. Mm -hmm. All right. AJ, are you with me here? Let's go down a path of what your life could look like if we focused on fixing the negative. What would that feel like every day? So let's go through a day. So today, hey, AJ, your calendar today says the following things. You're going to go be on a pogo stick, okay? You're going to go pitch a car wash franchise to 26 potential investors, you're going to go evict people out of a home. You're going to go, and you all this day, what are you going to feel like? What's your energy dial going to look like at the end of the day? Probably not awesome. Right. It's going to suck. Yeah. So then you do that day after day after day after day. What happens to you? And what happens to people around you? I don't know. I imagine it'd be even more cranky. Like... I don't think I'd like that. Yeah, like there, there's a place for everybody to get out of that mindset of trying to fix what's wrong and shifting to what's right. So what you kind of made me think about a little bit there is, all right, so let's say I'm a movie actor. Okay. And okay. let's say like um, I really want to be, you know, a superhero actor. I want to play superheroes. Are you flying? Like, I have to visualize you as a superhero. That's how I think. 
I know some people that don't, when they envision or when I tell a story, they actually don't create that picture in their head. I'm like, well, what are you looking, what are you thinking about yeah, what that? what are you thinking about when someone talks about it? So, it's a 100% true story. My, my friend Penny told me that she was talking about her mom doing, okay, so let me, let me give you an example. Mm-hmm. Hey, AJ, so my sister Cindy was in her backyard uh, cleaning up her shed. Mm-hmm. What are you picturing? Cindy in her backyard cleaning up her shed. Yeah. And she's like, well, don't you picture that? And her husband's like, no. And she's like, what do you picture? And he's like, well, nothing. She's like, you don't visualize anything? And he's like, no. Fun fact, I'd be willing to bet she has a better memory than him. Why? It, there's there's this like th- thing with your brain where you remember pictures and shapes and places better than you can remember anything else. What about smells? I thought smells were the most... Yeah, but it's kind of hard to like conjure smells. Like you can't think up a smell. That is true. Wow. So, but like you can, you can think of a place and like you can kind of picture yourself being somewhere else. Yeah. That's how like the people that do the memory competitions do it. I just watched one of those. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's exactly what they do. Oh, my God. So like if you're picturing stuff when people talk, you're more likely to remember it. You know what? And I do have a really good memory and I visualize every single thing someone mm-hmm. says to me. So let's say I were an actor. Yes. And I really love when I get to play a superhero mm-hmm. or any type of hero. And I really hate when I have to play the villain. Okay. But I've gotten a few roles as the villain in in horror movies. Now, I don't love those, but I want to do a good job at everything that I do. So I focus really hard on doing the best horror movie villain that I can. And I don't enjoy it. I don't like being the villain. But I want to do good when I do stuff, right? If you're going to do it, you're going to do it 100%. Yeah, yeah, exactly. If I'm going to do it, I want to do it 100%. But because of that, I have like these few horror movie roles and I play the villain and other directors and other producers see me in these movies and they're like, hey, you're a phenomenal villain. We have more villain roles for you. But I really want to play the superhero. But I keep focusing on these villain roles because I'm getting them. I'm getting the opportunity to do them. So I'm just going to focus on doing those even better because if I'm doing it, I want to do it 100%. Right. But because of that, I keep getting more villain roles and I don't get the superhero roles. Well, now you're typecasted, as they say in Hollywood. Yeah, yeah, I'm being typecasted. Yeah. But that's kind of what we do to ourselves. Like, if I were really bad at math, but I chose to do math really, really good at my data entry job, guess what? They're going to keep offering me promotions at my data entry job. And and then what? And it's going to be harder to leave. I'm not going to want to go and do what I really want to do. Right. Well, because for a number of reasons. One, you feel like you put so much into it already, you may as well just keep going. Yeah. Right? So if you've done six movies as the villain, and you've already spent four years doing it. If you switch now... What if I'm What if I'm bad at acting as a superhero? Would now? I have to take a step back and go do a commercial? Yeah. How do I, how do I get to where I want to go now? Right. Because now you've trapped yourself mm-hmm. by getting into this rut of villain, 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 villain. And now... Are people really going to see you as the good guy? If I had to do data entry, data entry, data, and they're like, oh, we like you, and you've been here three years doing data entry, and so now you're going to do this job and this job and this job, when it really doesn't feed me. Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, am I going home energized and feeling great about what my day looked like, and am I excited to get up and do it again? Or am I drained because I have to go do it again? So it's a get-to in life, or do you want to in life? Yeah. Or do you have to in life? That makes sense. So I want to live a life of get-tos. I get to do this. 
yeah. something I get to do. Yeah. Yeah, that's so much more empowering. And right. so much more energizing. So if I were a real estate agent today, I get to go take a listing. Hmm. For me, it would be, I have to go show houses. <laughs> but I get to go show houses. And if you don't like it... It would be, I have to. Mm-hmm. Get to, have to, need to, want to. So I think that's a really good analogy, actually. Showing houses versus going listing on appointments. Because most agents, I would say, prefer to go on listing appointments when they, when they get them and they have a good listing appointment and everything goes well. Because it takes up less of their time. They, if they get the client, then it, that also takes up less of their time. And they get a little bit more freedom back. But because they feel like it's a little bit easier to work with buyers. Well, because it's what they're familiar with and what they know. Right. And, uh, They've had more at-bats at it. Yeah. And so they keep trying to get buyers. And then they do prospecting that only results in buyers. And Buyers refer buyers. Buyers refer buyers. And they keep getting more and more mm-hmm. and more of them instead of focusing on what they like to do. Do you see that a lot? Every day. That's kind of a big one, right? It's everything to me. And, and it shows up. And it doesn't show up just in that person because they might be the last to know that they don't like it. Huh. They, they're the last to know that they don't like to do it? Yeah. They think they do. They've talked themselves into it. They believe they can do it. They've, well, I'm here. Mm-hmm. I'll just do it. So I equate it to if I was an agent and I had a client that I just wasn't working well with. I wasn't in alignment we had bad juju together. You, We all have had those people yeah, in our experiences. And I've wanted to fire them so bad. And then I thought, well, I've already spent so much time showing them houses. I've prequal, I've dealt with the lender. We've already lost a contract. I've already gone this long. So I may as well just see it through. And it's mm. miserable. Mm. And I think that's how a lot of people live their life is, well, I've already done this much. So let me ask you this, because we're kind of talking about like things we like to do versus things we don't like to do. Mm -hmm. Do you think that that ties to strength and weakness? Yes. I think it does too, in in kind of a big way. I play a lot of board games. You do? What's your favorite? I love board games. Board games are my favorite. Like I- What's your, what would you play today? Like my all time favorite board game? Like if I could just like get enough people together and just play? Yeah. Risk, I love Risk. (gasps) Really? That's interesting. Yeah, Risk is my favorite board game by a lot. But I can almost guarantee that I know what board game someone else is going to pick based on how good they are at it. Because we enjoy our strengths. Like if we're good at something, we really enjoy it. Like if I'm good at Monopoly, I want to play Monopoly and I'm going to suggest Monopoly every time. Of course, time. obviously. That's human nature, right? Don't you think that's just our natural behavior? Yeah, yeah, for the most part. Mm-hmm. But it's pretty obvious. Like we like things that we're good at. Like yeah. that, that's pretty natural. But instead, like... For some reason, that breaks apart when we're not playing games. Like the second we're not playing a game, instead of focusing on our strengths, we start to focus on our weakness. And we say, I'm a really good realtor at everything, but staying hyper-organized on my paperwork. And so I'm going to spend this whole week organizing like my... I'm going to time block to like clean it all up. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That That's what I'm going to focus on. I'm going to make sure I don't, I don't let anything slip by. I'm going to make sure my compliance is perfectly clean. And that's what I want to focus on. Right. So then I want to shake that person and go, really? So what if you went and met five new people or had five coffees or worked on your sphere or did some CMAs? Mm -hmm. What would the end result be at the end of the week? 
Because if I was a strong uh, relationship builder rather than paperwork person, at the end of the week, I probably wouldn't feel like I got a lot done. Right. Right. And even if you did get a lot done, even if your entire, you know, compliance account was perfectly organized, would you really be happy? Would that well, fill your bucket? I, I, it's interesting because I, I put a home computer in my home mm-hmm. so I could work more, which is... Yeah, that's exactly what you need to do is right. work more. Which my whole life I was like, I never want to have a computer at home because I, I want to work when I work. But I, I know me and, and and I put one in. And so if I stayed at home and just complete, if I stayed at home at my work computer and just completed everything, the details and the cleanup and the follow-up and the systems and the plugins that I wasn't good at, I guarantee you at the end of the week I would not feel good about how my week ended because I didn't feel like I accomplished anything because my strength and my favor is to go build relationships and build business. It's not to sit at home and clean up my Google contacts. It's not. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. You're a people work person, not a paperwork person. Yes. And I'm a piler too, not a filer. So it's about, so what is your strength that would not feel like when does it show up that it doesn't feel like work anymore and it's feeling fulfilling that's that's working in your strength yeah and it feels so much better and you get more energy to work in your strength at that point right that feeds itself Mm -hmm. so like i joke with pete all the time that he loves looking at our finances as a corporation and understanding where we are in our cash position because we don't take on any debt we have zero debt across any company. Mm-hmm. And and that takes work and discipline and That's structure. Tough. Yeah, and and we're one of very few companies um, that is big as with over two billion dollars in sales that doesn't carry any debt, mm-hmm. I would like to think. Mm-hmm. And he that fills his bucket is knowing the numbers and understanding cash position and where our next expenditures are and we have things so dialed in. But that's his strength. Mm-hmm. That's not mine. Mm. But he'll call me and get really excited. He's like, Karen, we just increased our cash position by 40% by not spent, you know, and I'm like, yay, great. Hey, guess who I talked to today? <laughs> and we literally come at things so differently, but that fills his bucket and me talking to people fills mine. That's perfect. And that's kind of this huge teamwork thing that we'll definitely have to talk about on a different episode because I think that's massive. That might even be like a five-part series or something. Oh, God, we don't want to exhaust people. Uh, We want to exhaust people. But I think that's what he um, allowed me to understand what my strengths are and go succeed at a very high level at them. And he is succeeding at a very high level in his strength. I haven't been in real estate as long as you, obviously. And even in my short window of time in being in real estate, I've seen this play out, this exact thing play out at least 10 times by now. Tell me more. All right, so I'm a realtor or just realtor person. I have, let's say, a series of, let's call it five, five deals. I have five deals that I've been working on. I prospected hard to get them. You know, I was either... How much time did you invest in each deal? You know, at this point, I'm probably like 40 hours into each individual deal. The average transaction takes between 40 and 50 hours from beginning to end. Yeah. I have all five deals going really great. They love me right now. I love working with these people. All were set to close on the same day this week. One of them didn't close, though. And it was all because I forgot to order the dang termite inspection. Okay. 
So it, it would have only delayed closing a couple days, but my seller kind of threw a fit. A couple fit. days to a buyer and a seller is an eternity. Yeah. My seller threw a fit. My buyer completely like took this opportunity to get cold feet. Now we're probably not even going to close. <gasps> Which one of these do you think I'm focusing on? The one. The, the 20%. The funny. one that didn't go good. Yeah. Yeah. And I see this every time. And every time the realtor says something to the effect of, I'm going to perfect my paperwork system now. <laughs> I'm going to make sure that this... I'm not, I'm not laughing at you. Like, I'm 100% laughing with you right now. Yeah, because it happens every time, right? Every time. You've heard this. Uh, I hear it every day in the hallway. Yeah. And they're, they're focusing on this one part. That's essentially their weakness. They're focusing on their one weakness. In this whole transaction, they have... Five sellers that love them, four of them that closed and are really happy to leave them a review and that are phenomenal past clients, but they focus on their one weakness. Yeah. And so let's say for the next month that that's what they're focused on because it's really easy to focus on your weaknesses. Tell me about the four. Let's, that's, I'm sorry that happened, but let's talk about the four that went well. Tell me about those. Well, they're actually pretty good. They're all for sale by owners. Really? Yeah, I started... That's amazing. I started calling back in, like, literally, like, March. Okay. Eventually warmed down. Uh, got them all listed right around the same time, too. Uh, it was pretty much, like, middle of May. Okay. Got them under contract by June, and they were all set to close this week. Congratulations. Yeah, I was really happy about that. Yeah. But I forgot that dang termite inspection. All right. I don't care about that right now. AJ, are the people that are happy in their home? Yeah. Have you asked for referrals from them? Well, no, no. I... I Honestly, I've been kind of hung up on this thing. Really? Yeah. That's what you're focusing on? So instead of the one neg- the one negative, you're going to let that hold you back? Like, who are you? What do you mean? Let's talk about the four that went really well. AJ, move forward with those four people and make them your biggest champions. Own and respond. be responsible for what didn't go well. Own it. But I don't want you to spend any more time focusing on what went wrong. Let's just move forward on would you do well in those FISBOs that closed? Hmm. What'd you do well? No, like I want you to tell me. Oh, yeah. I followed up pretty flawlessly. So is that something you're good at? Yeah. Could you do it again? Of course. Okay. What else? I I was very personal. I made great connections with all of them. Cool. Yeah. We're Could all you do that again? Too. Your Facebook friends? Yeah. Would you go out to dinner with them? Of course. Okay, totally. Um, did you? How many did they have friends and family that you met or anything throughout the transaction? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I, I'm pretty sure that all four of these I'll get at least one referral from next year. Okay, so let's focus on you'll get at least one referral next year, which would turn into another four, which could turn into another four. Mm-hmm. So, did that bring you enough family money to take care of your family or your goals for the month? Those four closings. Yeah. I'm not trying to make it about the money, but I want you to remember what you accomplished from hmm. those four. So how did it leave you feeling seeing those people get the keys to their homes or get their check and move on to their next home? Well, really happy for them, yeah. And I pretty proud of myself, I guess. Yeah. And do you have a responsibility to the one that didn't close? Well, yeah, of course I do. Do you know what to do to move forward? Yeah, just try not to make that mistake again. Are they, do they are they still in good relationship with you? Yeah, and they're cool. Like they things happen, right? Mm-hmm. And things are always going to happen. 
But let's talk about what you can do with the strength of you moving forward in those relationships to nurture and do make that duplicatable. Leave the other crap behind. Let it go. Next. So what? Next. Next. That's perfect. See, but not everybody has that, right? No, you have to te- you have to teach yourself that. Yeah, and not everybody has someone in their ear reminding them to focus. No, on like that. I do it all the time. I mean, if I lose a tennis match, and I get in the car and I call Joel and he's like, "How'd it go?" I'm like, "I freaking lost. I made so many uh, unforced errors." Which, if you're not a tennis player, it doesn't make any sense. But I created my own point loss. Mm-hmm. It was on me. Yeah. If, and so that's on me. If I get in the car and I lost my match, but I played my ass off and I had a great time with my partner and with the people I played, like if we felt like it was competitive and even, I actually now focus on the experience I had by having fun and giving it all I had than focusing on leaving my unforced errors behind. Hmm. Like I don't know if that's a great analogy for what it looks like, but if I focused on my unforced errors rather than the positive experience I received from it, I wouldn't enjoy tennis. It's the same in our jobs. Yeah. Well, yeah, of course it is. Well, you say it like everybody, of course. Well, no, not everybody does that. I think most people do the exact opposite. Yeah, I got a call from a top agent one day, and and she was really upset about a listing she didn't get. Mm -hmm. And I go, okay, well, tell me about the three other appointments you had today. And, and she said, well, I had this and this. I'm like, oh, great. Did you get those? She goes, yeah. I go, okay, so that feeling you're feeling today of self-pity and sadness, I'll let you experience it for about an hour, and then you got to get over it. Because the very feeling that you just had to get in those other three, other people didn't get. Mm-hmm. So let's sh- shift to abundance about what worked and went well. And that other one, you weren't supposed to have it. Like, let it go. Let's move on. So, so you're, I'm going to let you wallow for like an hour. But then you got to get... Suck it up, buttercup. Next. Let's go. And focus on the stuff you're good at. Yeah. Yeah. Focus on... Because if you're good at it, you probably like it. I mean, like, if you're really good at something and you hate it, then maybe... It'll show up all day long. So I tell agents all the time, if you don't love doing open... Well, okay. Let me, let me, let me fix... Let me say this first. Setting up the signs is the worst part about an open house. Yeah, I can agree with that. So yeah. if I'm a top agent, I'm going to pay someone to set those signs up in the yard. Because I don't want to do it. Mm-hmm. And you kind of need two people to do signs because you have to park, open your trunk, get it out, put it in. Instead, you could have someone pull up, you get out, put the sign in. Like, I'm just trying to think of efficiencies here. I think everybody needs an open house partner to put signs in the yard. But that's like the worst part of it. Mm-hmm. But if you don't want to be there and you don't want to show up. So I go to open houses and I tell new agents to go to open houses and experience agents because I want you to see what else is happening and what else you're experiencing. And I see an agent in an open house who doesn't make eye contact, is on their phone, has no interest in creating a relationship, doesn't sell the house. Do I have any interest in staying there, learning more, hiring that agent or buying that house? No. No. So if you're going to do an open house, then you better want to be there. Because Uh if you don't, it's going to show up. So that's kind of like the opposite. Or like that's kind of like even further down that same path where like, not only does working on your weaknesses not help you, it actually kind of hurts you. It, oh, it totally puts you in a, in a negative red zone. Yeah. And not in a football red zone, like a negative <laughs> red zone because it's going to show all of, if I have to go show buyers and I don't like to show buyers, the buyers are going to know. Hmm. So I'd rather go do what my strength is. So for me, it's going to meet new people and find talent. That is my strength. What's if, your weakness that you could be focusing on? Uh, reports, numbers, spreadsheets, data. I mean, everything with minutia and details. 
All right. So you mentioned football a second ago, and that kind of reminded me of Rudy. Yeah. Have you ever seen it? Yeah. Can we talk about how terrible that like story is? Why? Horrible movie. Like, just a horrible story. And here's why. Rudy's not very good at football. He's not. No. But he dedicates himself to, to practicing, and they keep telling him, hey, kid, you're not that great at this. Like, this is really not your thing. And so he practices some more. And finally, like, they kind of feel a little bad for him. So they give him the ball. Yeah, so they, they like, throw him a bone. Like, you, you could be a product manager, man. You can, you can, like, help the team practice. And, like, he's, that just makes him more and more dedicated <sighs> at something. Right. What if Rudy was really good at building arcade games? What if he wasted that whole time on something he wasn't good at? And it doesn't even end up that good. He plays in the game for maybe, like, a minute. It's like a participation trophy. Yeah, he gets a real participation trophy. Wastes a good solid eight years of his life focusing on a weakness that doesn't pan out for him in any real way. Yeah, like I know this super talented agent that played football on a college scholarship Mm -hmm. and very talented athlete. Like literally this person decided to run a marathon, so he did. Like he's that athletic. That's awesome. Yeah, he couldn't walk. I mean, he was 22 or 23 and couldn't walk for like two or three weeks after. (laughs) Like, I mean, physically, it was just so taxing on him physically. But he said he's so good at real estate. He said, I regret going to college and wasting that time. Wow. And he went to college on a football scholarship. So he was actually kind of good at it. Now imagine with Rudy, like he wasn't that good at it. I'm actually in agreement with you now, AJ. You're right. That movie sucks. Yeah. It's a terrible example. Yeah. Cause yeah, like what if he was great at building arcade games? What if he was? Yeah. He could have done it before anybody. But instead he was focusing on his weakness. Yeah. Like, we always, we have a tendency to focus on our weaknesses, and he just spent too much time doing it. And then we celebrate a mild success because they overcame their weakness. It would be like me running a 5K. I'm not a runner. On the flip side of that, let's imagine you have a data entry. Ugh. And you work super hard, and you finally get one flash port to report together. And, like, that's it. Like, you've spent all this time, past five years, just to be kind of okay at it. Yeah. When you could have been focusing on your strengths and doing something that you're great at, what you fortunately took the right road. Right. I do think I spent my 20s mm-hmm. working in what I'm not good at. And I didn't understand and I didn't have the um, humility or self-awareness or understanding that something's not my strength at mm. all. And I thought I was. I had this whole idea like, okay, so I'm thinking about running restaurants. And I used to book all the private parties. Okay, And I had Ohio State football. Like, I had a, a lot of – and uh, a limited corporation was based in Columbus. And, and, I, and I managed a very fine dining steakhouse at mm-hmm. this, this location. And all these parties had detail after detail after detail. And I would screw it up all the time. <laughs> but I was so good at getting the business – for the restaurant and creating relationships, and yet I was terrible at the details, and I got my ass handed to me all the time about it. All the time. But I didn't understand I wasn't good at it. Hmm. So if I could have only created the relationships and then passed off the follow-up and the details and the execution of the event to someone else, I would have been far more successful in my real in my restaurant career than I was. Hmm. But I didn't understand I wasn't good at it. Yeah. Well, because I didn't realize being 
maybe because I felt like it was really hard work, that maybe that was a weakness of mine. Hmm. Yeah. Do you think if you had read the MREA by then, you would have thought to delegate it? No, AJ, because I read the MREA like eight times before I even understood any of it. <laughs> because it reads to me like a college textbook, and you know I academically shy away from that stuff. And it was until I just kept going to classes over and over and over and over again, and then I started to absorb it. Mm-hmm. You and Pete said this before, that like the biggest mistake that you see people make is not hiring an admin. Yeah. Do you think any part of that is because they don't feel like they're good enough at paperwork themselves? Yes. Oh, God, no one's going to, sh- like an ego says, no one's going to show me up. You're better than me at that. Mm-hmm. That's, I think that's an, uh, a human behavior. You have to get over it. That that's an, it, It's staying out of scarcity of being feared by someone being better at something than you. Yeah. Like you don't want to hire someone that's better than you. No, they'll show me up. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to spend time getting better at it. That is really hard to get over, actually, that you brought that up. It's good. Well, I don't want to highlight what I'm not great at. Ooh. I don't want to take that veil down of bringing someone into my inner circle of my day-to-day business or anyone to see that I have a weakness. My gosh. That wouldn't be okay. Right? Like, isn't that, the, don't you feel like that happens? Yeah, yeah, I definitely do. I do. Yeah, like, what if I, I mean, that's where I think um, when I talk to Pete that I am very learning based and I ask a lot of questions and I'm very curious to a fault. Like, this lender friend of ours posted of entrepreneurs ask a lot of questions or the other, the other day last week. I'm like, oh my God, that's me. I drive people crazy by asking so many questions. But yet I still have to ask Pete about depreciation or timetables or amortization or, something with accounting and that's totally okay because I've exposed my weakness mm-hmm. but I'm just trying to understand I don't need to learn it all I don't need to do it but I know that's what his strength is and so I can go to him as an expert so I talked to an agent today and about her database and cleaning it up and systematizing whatever and she could I could tell she was in overwhelm and I'm like you don't need to learn all this your admin does mm. And she said, why? I go, your admin just needs to tell you who you need to call every day because that's what you want to go do and that's what you love doing. So I start a lot of conversations of what do you love about the transaction? And we and that's start breaking that down. I love meeting new people. I love putting together deals. I love connecting a buyer and a seller. I love a seller getting what they want. I love buyer finding their home. I'm like, awesome. What do you wake up and go, God, I have to do this today? Hmm. And it's typically the paperwork, or I have to send off for signature. I don't care what it is. It's something like, typically yeah. details. And so that's what we remove. So now this agent can go talk and show and talk and show, and the rest of it just gets done. So I think about this. I want you to visualize, because you and I are visual people. An assistant is not really an assistant. I don't like that term. I like business manager or manager. Mm-hmm. Because they need to manage the rainmaker to look good, right? Mm-hmm. So Melissa Walsh got a great business manager. And how I visualize someone when they need help is to stand here. I'm going to pull the string in the back. I'm, and the rainmaker is going to go do what they do well. Hmm. And they're going to take care of the rest and make them look good, right? So our team here makes me look really good. So they do so much behind the scenes to ensure that happens. It's like a production. It's a production. So Disney. Disney 
everybody's happy. We have rainbows and sunshine. We have this. There is a Disney has an entire city in Orlando underneath it that no one knows about. But I have a friend who worked for Disney, and so I know about the inner belly of Disney. And there was so much that happens to make that happen. But the Disney characters are working in their strength. They're being Belle and all these Little Mermaid and whatever it is. Mm-hmm. But the underbelly of it is is making it happen and making it look good. It's like the Wizard of Oz in some ways. And, and that has to happen so then the Disney can go be Disney. Yeah. Makes perfect sense to me. Okay. Like, like, really, that's it. Let, let a top eight, let... Let Joe, the listing agent, go be Joe. So I'll use Joe Graham because I just thought of Joe. But let let Joe go be Joe, which is creating business. Mm-hmm. And let Amy do what she's really good at, and that's cleaning up after him and telling him what to do and keeping him organized. Hmm. Do you think focusing on your weaknesses make you makes you a bad team player? Yes. How do you think that shows I think up? it's exhausting for everybody around you. Yeah. They're like, oh, my God, you suck at this. Like, Stay in your lane. Stay in, stay in your lane. Um, Joel and I talk about it with our taxes. Like we have to go through a bank account and itemize things. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God, it's like pulling teeth. He would do anything to avoid that pain of going through a bank account and itemizing. Cause, or, or I would, too, for details. Like I just give my account and my bank username and password and be like, you go figure it out. I don't want to do it. That's why I have an accountant. So let me put it to you this way. If the average transaction commission is eight thousand mm-hmm. dollars, and we agreed earlier today that an average transaction is about forty hours of work, what's that hourly rate? About two hundred dollars. Two hundred dollars. So if I could lever leverage off my weakness, I've identified for fifteen dollars an hour. Mm-hmm. What's my net dollar per hour? How much of it is your weakness? I guess well, if I if I make two hundred. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to pay someone $15 an hour to do a paperwork. Mm-hmm. But I spend an hour doing paperwork. How much am I giving up? It's $200. It's the same number. So if I earn $200 an hour and I can go create another client relationship and pay someone $15 an hour to do a paper to ensure my paperwork, then would that be a net win for me? Yeah, I think so. Of course it would be. Yeah. It's 100% profit. Yeah. At that point, right? So if I, uh, for example, I don't like grocery shopping. I hate it. So I could either go create another business, start another business, or I could go grocery shopping. What's a better use of my time? Probably starting another business. Yeah. How much do I pay someone to go grocery shop for me? I don't know. What's the fee? Well, now they have Instacart. I was going to say, what's you the don't fee even need on like, Peapod? Like- $15 an hour. Yeah. It's pretty cheap. Right? So what's what's a better win for me and to my go family? go start another business. Okay. It's the same thing we do every day. So let me go do that and let someone else go do that. Mm-hmm. Because I hate it. It'll show up. I'm grumpy. I'm pissy. I'm crabbing about it. I don't even get what I need because I forget what I'm supposed to get. And the whole thing is messy. Uh, that word keeps coming up. Or I could go form a relationship, find some talent, and impact. Agents do it every single day. They focus on what they're, they think they should be doing versus what they should be doing. Hmm. 
on what they think they should be doing versus what they should be doing. Yeah. It's like busy work versus busy. Yeah. Busy versus productive and they're just focusing yeah. on the wrong things. So so this is this is what I, I think about often and it, it it took me twenty years to understand this, so I'm gonna save some time here for Thank a you. lot of these listeners. In the beginning of a career, you have all you have is hours and no dollars. You're a new agent. All you have is hours. Mm-hmm. You're not earning any dollars. So I want you to picture a horizontal line across, okay? The goal, if you start at the left side and start hours, 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 then you get dollars. And the goal is to then become no hours and all dollars. That's a being a business owner. Mm-hmm. So these entrepreneurial agents that want to be agents that own a business and not just realtors, because I saw it on Bravo, HGTV, I look good in suits, I drive a nice car, I'm in real estate, but I've never closed anything, right? In the beginning, all hours, no dollars, until you can switch it and turn it off and have my all dollars and no hours. Hmm. And that's when you get on the right side of the cash flow quadrant. And you become a business owner or an investor. Right. So as a realtor, if I didn't go to work tomorrow and I had just an assistant to execute all the details, would I still be earning money? Yeah. Right. It's that simple. So either you're going to work for your money or we're going to hire you to work for our money It's the same way. It's renting versus owning. Whose mortgage are you paying, yours or your landlord's? AJ, this is going to sound really crazy, what I'm about to say. Mm -hmm. But I think when people don't identify what their strengths are, they're a little bit selfish. What? I think they're a little bit selfish because they're robbing themselves and other people to experience the blessings that they have. I do. I think it's... So if I didn't get to work in my strength and figure out what those are, which are building relationships and starting a business and thinking uh, strategically, then my husband wouldn't bear the benefit of being married to me. So imagine if I just every day I said, oh, I didn't do my data entry. I messed up this formula in a spreadsheet and what that does to him. And so until I identify what my strengths are, I'm actually not only robbing myself of it and it will suck the life out of you if you spend time on your weaknesses, but it'll suck the life out of everybody around you. And then you're not giving that gift to them to show them what what is possible and what you can do. So it's really interesting you say it like that. It's really interesting you say it like, how did you word it? Focusing on your weaknesses is robbing people of joy? Yeah, not just you. It's robbing other people around you. Yeah, robbing other people of joy. Yeah. I can think of a huge way that that showed up. You've heard the story of like Walt Disney. Uh, he got fired from a job as an animator because he, he was like told that he, he just wasn't a good animator. He was a great storyteller. He was a great what creative person, imaginary. He had, Ma- yes. He, had a, he was really creative. He had a big imagination. He could think of these really grand stories, but he couldn't animate them very well. Okay. So if he had taken that firing and like kind of took it to heart and just went and focused on being a great animator... Like because that's what he found out he was bad at, and he just really wanted to be a good animator. 
then I don't know that things would have turned out exactly the same because instead what he did was he partnered with someone who was a great animator so that way he could bring his stories to life. And since he was able to focus on his strength and let someone else focus on their strength, which was one of his weaknesses, they were able to start the Walt Disney Company, which now brings joy to millions upon probably even billions of people. Oh, it's the happiest place on earth. Yeah. That's a, that's really interesting that you said it like that because that that's exactly what popped into my head when you said like I saw your eyes light up a little bit like oh oh yeah kind of yeah and so I, I maybe selfish isn't the right word but maybe it is yeah you are kind of if you would have focused on animating and I would have never gotten Bambi that's pretty damn selfish yeah yeah so thank you to the person who fired Walt Disney. And thank you, because he would have never grown in that company if they, like, you, you, if he let that story be his story. Yeah. Maybe you need to fire yourself from your weaknesses. Okay, Gary Keller. Gary Keller is not an interpersonal relationship kind of guy. He cares deeply, deeply about people. Obviously, he's working solely on keeping an agent in the transaction. Yeah. So do you know what he did? He Mm-mm. fired himself. And hired Mo Anderson. Ah. Because that's exact. Pete fired himself and hired me. Right? So what job could you, should you fire yourself at? Any suggestions for our next episode? Tell us on Instagram at The Messy Empire. Thank you for listening to The Messy Empire with Karen Prawl.